What's up? Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Joined today by Ariel Atias, Marco Romo, and guest of the hour on his third stream of the day for five reasons. Uh, Alex Toledo, the great Alex Toledo, the people's champ. And we got a lot of hoops to talk about because the NBA season is almost done. I mean, we're what, two, three games out from the play-in game? And then, I mean, things are just going to go crazy from there. But there's tons of stuff to talk about. Um, Want to dive. I mean, first of all, how are we doing tonight, fellas? How are we doing tonight? Made it at Great. the buzzer. Great. The Heater, uh, hopefully, I mean, pending this this result of the Wizards-Hawks games, looking good right now. I don't want to jinx it. I might have just done that. But he'd have a chance to move up into the 4-5 matchup tonight. So, doing good. As of Aren't now. they? They would be fourth seed if the, the Hawks court. lose, right? They would move yeah, up to court. four. Yes, you're right. Yeah. That would be so beautiful. Getting a, a home – Home playoff stand against the Hawks would just be very, very nice. We'll get into the heat uh, later on in the culture corner, culture, culture corner, as you guys may know. Um, I do want to get into all NBA because this is pretty much the top of the conversation this week for people that aren't talking about playoffs. They're talking about who's going to make the all NBA teams, like which players deserve it, yada, 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 yada. There's like 20 to 25 guys you could probably list in these lists. And if you leave one person off, I mean, you will just get assaulted for it. But, oh, there goes Marco. <laughs> Anyways, let's dive into these all NBA lists. So, I don't know who wants to go first. Alex, Ariel, Alex, you're the guest, brother. Let's hear your list. Let's oh, see. Man. Let's this hear. This is it. the worst list you're gonna see. I promise you. I hate it. <laughs> we like it. We like things that people hate. Gives us uh, gives us something to talk about. Oh, wait, am I announcing it? Go yeah. ahead. I'm Manny oh, okay. the visual up. We're waiting on that, but and go ahead and uh, give us those. Give us the first team first. All right. So for first team, I've got jotted down here. You know, in my trusty journal, uh, journalist notepad. Uh, <laughs> Steph, Jimmy, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic. Steph, Jimmy, Giannis. And the Ariel's catching on to what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> all I, all I know is. Um, your first team is exactly the same as mine, and I thought what? I oh, let's go, man. I thought I was going to be the hot take guy on here, having to make the case for Jimmy on the first team. I thought that Steph, Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic uh, would be locks for the first team, but my guy Alex Toledo, man, we've got the same first team. I've got Jimmy at, first. at the guard. I've got Jimmy at the guard spot as well. So let's let's get that second team in. I mean, what a graphic, man! I. I <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't compete with this. Oh, I mean, like I said, this is the worst list you're going to see anybody do. But uh, my second team, I've got Chris Paul, Luka, uh, Kawhi, LeBron, and Bam. Like, I mean, look, fuck games played in a COVID year. This is basically the premise of my whole <laughs> All-NBA team. I threw I it out. Ask. I'm tired of narrowing down, like – you know, should I pick Julius Randle over LeBron? I'm done with this. I'm going on my instinct, and I'm just picking the better players. Uh, and, I, and I'm just being petty here because there's no stakes at all involved. And, you know, um, leaving out guys from teams I don't like. So no James Harden, huh? I wanted to throw in Harden. I really did. I want, And, and you'll see in my third play. team. Yeah, but that's the thing. I ended up picking KD just because I think KD's the better player. They both played like 33 games. So it was like, well, tiebreaker, I think Durant's the better player. That's pretty much it. And I wanted to really give Kyrie a nod, but I couldn't fit in another guard because I would have had to move Luka to third team for Kyrie in second team or, or something like that, I think. Like, I just didn't want to do that. Uh, KD, you know, like I said, fuck games played. 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, transitioning from that into my third team is Dame, Donovan Mitchell, KD, Paul George, and Anthony Davis. Okay, so, I mean, last time that we were on this stream, we kind of spoke about Anthony Davis and the fact – I mean, he's played great since we – I don't want to call it slander, but we called him out on his stats and struggling. kind of the way that he had been playing. Um, AD is probably the only question mark that I have there specifically just because, I mean, when you look at it, he was just – like, how do I put this? Do you want another reasoning behind this? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, I thought you guys were going to pick up on this. I did that just to leave Gobert out. <laughs> I, I love okay. it. I that love makes my, a lot more wow. sense. Okay, that, understandable. But, whew, I don't know. AD, he, he has not brought it. Uh, I mean, if you just look at that one game against, who was it? I mean, he played well against the Knicks. He had 42 against the Suns the other night. Yeah. So, I mean, over a one-week sample size, yeah, he's probably all NBA this year. Gobert uh, objectively probably deserves it over AD. Fuck objectivity, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in that, case, that. in that case, can I ask you, Alex, to make the case for Chris Paul on the second team? I don't think it's that hard of a take, but I want you to make a case for it because I disagree with it. Because uh, I, I was going back and forth between him and Dame. Dame was originally on my second team, and – you know, this is another thing right here. It's just personal opinion. I've always loved Chris Paul. And then I ended up just looking at right back at the standings and just kind of, you know, I'm just going to do the the lazy, you know, they're winning vote right here because I just think like, uh, even though the Suns were an upright, you know, an upstart team last year, you know, they won all those games in the bubble. It's so cute. Like Chris Paul made a real big difference, you know, and I want to give the fact that he's doing it at the age he at, that he is, is ridiculous. He's not LeBron's size, man. That guy is 5'10". I stood right there two feet from him <laughs> in Chicago. He's like 5'11". Like, I, I'm serious. It's ridiculous what he does. He's so good. And Booker deserves a, a, a nod, too. Like, I, I'm not even trying to trash Booker here. But I just gave it to Chris Paul because I feel like Booker's going to get like a million more. So like, my, my, my only beef with the Chris Paul inclusion there – and I think he's going to be on a lot of people's uh, second and third teams for sure. Um, and I get the argument, the whole idea behind, you know, rewarding winning, being the leader on a really good team. They have the second best record in the West and the second or third best record in the NBA. So I get that. Um, but to me, like I have a hard time putting a, a, a guy who's averaging 16 and nine on an all NBA team. Like when we were, when I was going through this today, and going through all the players and looking at their stats and looking at team records and impacts on off all of that stuff it is absolutely loaded this year and the only the thing that makes it hard and why i think that most people are going to have pretty different looking teams which is what shocked me that you and i actually have the same first team uh, the rest of our lists are completely different but uh, <laughs> our first our our first teams being the same is that games missed how much do we factor that in? Chris Paul hasn't missed a ton of time, right? Like he's been he's been leading the charge there in Phoenix all season. Um, but to me, a guy averaging 16 points and nine assists, like I personally don't see it. I might be in the minority. I know that he's going to be on a lot of people's, uh, you know, second, third teams, but that's where I'm at with it. So, Arrow, with all that being said, your team. Uh, well, you know, my first team, it's Steph, Jimmy, uh, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic. Um, I was really close on Luca and Jimmy for the first uh, team. I'll make the case, I guess, for Chris. For Chris Paul? Okay, go ahead, and then I'll, I'll get back to my teams. Or are you frozen? Marco must have that me internet tonight. I don't get this bit. 
Yeah, what were we doing here? All right, I'm going to go forward with my teams while Marco sorts out the internet situation. Um, So I've got Steph, Jimmy, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic on the first team. The reason I have Jimmy over Luka on the first team, because that's really what it came down to for me. Uh, Real quick, Luka's having an unbelievable season. He's averaging like 28, 8, and 8 on 48, 35, 73. Um, He's having a ridiculous season. Like that dude is special for sure. He is the head of the snake there, and he controls everything they do. Um, the reason I've got Jimmy on the first team is, I mean, the numbers are what they are. 21-7-7, and seven, leading the league in steals. Um, what is it, like 50? I want, I want to say 50% from the field, uh, 86% from the line. So he's had a really good season. Um, B-ball ref, basketball reference, um, on their MVP tracker, has Jimmy at number five. So yes, they, think he's, they think he's been the fifth most impactful player, um, you know, for his team in the NBA this season. Um, and aside from the stats and all of that, Jimmy Butler is one of the best. I mean, this year, I think he's been a top four, maybe top three defender in the league, depending on what you value. Like, he's been absolutely ridiculous off ball, on ball. Um, He's absurd. The argument for him is that the Heat are 32 and 19 with him and 6 and 12 without him. If you extrapolate that to a full season, they're 24 and 48 without Jimmy. They would be a terrible, terrible team, a bottom five team. Um, Jimmy is a cumulative plus 181 plus minus and the heat's net rating with him on is 2.4. They are minus 7.2 without him. It's a tremendous difference. Wow. It's a huge drop off. So that's why I've got Jimmy up there. You came with the receipts, man. Yeah. Hey, for man. Real. I'm that's, why, today. <laughs> that's why I've got Jimmy up there on the first team. Um, five reasons team. has never seen preparation like this. I can assure that's, you. Well, Brady Hawk might have something to say about that. My bad. My bad. I, I'm talking about <laughs> the size of Brady. Um, on the second team, I've got Dame, Luca, Kawhi, Julius Randle. And as much as it hurts me, I'm going to go Rudy Gobert. I think I'm rewarding team record in this case, similarly to how you did with Chris Paul. Um, I could see an argument but I did for guys I like. Right. This, listen, man, I'm trying to be impartial. We're trying to branch out from the heat stuff on here. Um, so I'm going Rudy Gobert on the second team. He spearheads a, you know, a phenomenal team. He's probably been their MVP this year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has been really good, but without Rudy Gobert, that's just not a, that, that team is nowhere near as good as they are. Um, I wanted to put Bam on the second team, and I was really going back and forth with it. I was close, but I felt like, you know what? I think that's probably how it's going to shake out. I think Rudy is going to get more All-NBA votes than Bam will, and so that's why I went in that direction. And then for my third team, I went Bradley Beal. He's been unbelievable. Uh, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson has been absurd. I put Kyrie Irving on there. I know he's missed some games, but not that much. I think he's got a similar amount of games played to Jimmy. Uh, he's been spectacular. He's averaging something like, I think, 27-5-6 and six on a 50-40-90 shooting split. So he's having a ridiculous season. And then I put Bam out of bio for my last spot on the third team. 19-9-5, elite defense, has a case for DPOY. What can you say? That guy's amazing. Factual statements. Like um, let's let's get some of these comments really quick. Actually, no, we'll debate a few things. Um, I guess I might be lower on Bradley Beal than most for an All NBA selection. I understand he's been unbelievable offensively, but between this year and last year, um, I mean his numbers are relatively similar. The only thing that changes is he has a better point guard. Like, yeah, last year I don't think he got All NBA. I, I just don't. I feel like with all the talent. And, kind of how insane everybody's been this year. I personally do not think Bradley Beal gets that nod. I didn't have him on there on my own list. Um, Ariel, you do you have a rebuttal as to yeah. Bradley Beal being deserving of that third? So 
So number one, um, the fact that he's at, he's second in the league in scoring, or is he first? Is Steph still ahead of him? He's ba- he's almost first. Like he's right there. Okay. So the reason I've got Bradley Beal on the third team is I actually view the fact that he's playing with a high usage, uh, relatively inefficient, you know, ball dominant point guard who we've made the case for being phenomenal on here before. So don't take this as wizard slander, Russell Westbrook slander. I love that guy, but that's just the fact of the kind of player that he is at this point. Um, Bradley Beal being able to do that next to somebody who demands the ball and uses up possessions as much as Russell Westbrook does, I think, um, is actually more impressive. It strengthens his case. And then I also think that the media narrative that Bradley Beal has been slighted in the last couple of years, despite of what he's done um, as a player, as an offensive player in this league, um, I think he'll get the nod as a result of that. I think I might have fucked up uh, leaving Zion out. (laughs) Zion's been absurd. He has been, but his defense has also been not so great, to say the least. So I'm okay with – I may have also left him off, so I'm okay with it. Is he like the, like in Pokemon, like the second evolution of Shaq? <laughs> he's like. That's like how I understand Zion. He's like Snorlax on offense and Snorlax on defense. Like, yeah, but Snorlax can't handle and drive no. to the rim like he can. Hey, the believes that Snorlax on oh, offense. <laughs> What's happening? Are you good, brother? <laughs> We're going off the rim. Like We're computer almost fell on live on air. I'm just, I'm glad it didn't fall. It's a third day, third stream of the day. Um, Marco, are you with us? Can you Let me test it out? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, you're doing the robot, okay. but we hear you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me turn my camera off then. All right. There, you can just hear me. Yep. Am I good? You're good, brother. Yes, yeah, you're good. Go with the uh, uh, go with the first team. Okay, I'll go with uh, – all right, so mine's pretty similar to Ariel's, actually. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, Luke is not on a lot of a lot of people who I've seen on, on Twitter's, like, first team. Uh, but I understand if you want to have him on your second, I'm fine. This is also interchangeable to me. The guard – the second guard after Steph, you can have Damian first or Luca first. I don't really care either way. Um, mm. Then I have Giannis. I did the two center thing because I hate how people have gotten so mad about the the center situation that people used to get mad because there were too many, too little choices for centers. And now that there's a lot of good centers out there, people are going to be mad that they're going to be on the first team. I love that and all three of us have are, done it so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all want to get back. And we all did it for the same reason, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're deserving, though. And, you know... Uh, the money thing plays into this as well. These two guys, uh, they the MVP stuff is going to come into like bonuses and stuff. And if you can get them into like, you're dealing with guys' uh, contracts. And if you're in the media, you're like, you're going to want to reward these guys for playing at MVP of levels this year. And when you have this loophole, why not you know give them the first team? And I also like. Uh, I heard this on uh, No Dunks podcast. They were talking about how people look back on team players going on first teams. They never look back on you being on like a second team or a third team. And why not like look back on these two guys like like that instead of having to say, oh, they were just all NBA. Like when you say first team, there's like a more level of credibility to that in terms mm-hmm. of like a Hall of Fame case and all of that extra stuff. Uh, I, that's also another reason why I got them up there. Uh, I guess, all right, second team, uh, again, similar to Ariel, uh, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard. 
Uh, oh no, actually not similar to Ariel, more like to Alex. Uh, the Chris Paul argument I wanted to make was he makes this is like Steve Nash in 2005. You can't really mm-hmm. quantify his impact with with like simple counting stats like that. Uh, it's it's very much an eye test thing. Uh, it's also an off on off numbers really uh, show how good he is with them. But and he's also their closer, uh, which I don't know how much you how much stock you put into that, but I, I think you have to put uh, as much stock as you can into that, especially considering how good they are in like clutch games this year. Uh, so yeah, I put that in my mind. I was like, the counting stats aren't huge, but I don't know. It's just he's like almost the 50, 40, 90 guy this year, which is insane for a guy in his mid thirties right now. Uh, Dame, I think Dame's he's had a bit of a rough like into the into the year because you know he's had to carry the whole team on his back uh, with Nurkic and McCollum injured uh, and Jimmy. You know we all know how good Jimmy is. I don't need to go on about that. Uh, Kawhi and Rudy Gobert. I know, I know you hate me for that, Alex, but <laughs> I think his yeah, defensive impact is like really, really, really important for. I know he Jazz definitely deserves a spot. Yeah, he's important to how they run their defense. <laughs> Without them, he's not going to go like. Says the guy who left him off. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like to. That's how I like to cover my bases. <laughs> Doesn't matter as much when you don't have a ballot. Uh, I would like to. I would like to keep Gobert from a bonus if I could, though. <laughs> hey, I'm with it. Yeah, he's I'm already ready. making a super max. I, I don't mind. Uh, third, see, third to me, the guards are like also as interchangeable. I somebody put uh, Paul George as you can put Paul George here instead of Bradley Beal, and I'd be fine with it. I would like the third team guards are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, just put it in there. That's why I got Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving. I was like, it's so interchangeable to me, like. See, if I were a media person, I'd be like struggling with this. It's terrible. Guys, this, money, money's on yo, the this line. This ballot right now. is like impossible. Yep. It feels like the hardest it's ever been. And, and you know, maybe I would actually have to go through it. But like, I had a terrible time doing it. And why I ended up just copping out and going with, you know, guys I like as a tiebreaker and <laughs> saying fuck games played. Like, there's just too many people, man. It was like impossible to whittle down to 15 players. Mm hmm. And by the way, as a as a rebuttal to what you said, Marco, and your team, uh, one of our commenters, Ryan Chua, how about this? You consider this? You forgot LeBron, Mr. ESPN. <laughs> yeah. I left Our LeBron. I left, hey, I left LeBron off my teams too. I think Why? he's missed too many games. Well, Mr. ESPN, like what do you have to say seven for yourself? Games less than Jimmy. Play, what does he play total? Like forty games? Or I did the math. Games? I think he's played like in total. He's gonna have played like sixty three percent of their games if he plays the next three or two. So, so what I would say to that is, it's obviously a very good point. Um, but in my, <laughs> in my, like to me, it's the fact that I guess LeBron's missing the games towards the end of the season when voters are going to have that recency. Um, you know the recent. Uh, results of the so you games. You have recency fact, bias, is what you're saying. You're being that's clouded exactly, by recency bias. One hundred percent. I also think Jimmy's been better than LeBron this year, but we can do that in another episode. Does that count yeah. since the finals? Because I agree. Oh, he was better <laughs> than him in the finals. Yeah, that exactly. is a factual statement. Okay. Um. Let's get like to some what, of these comments. Like what, hold on. I oh no. Like go ahead. Go ahead. Of it said that we should have a whole like slot for LeBron in general. Call it, uh, <laughs> no, I missed that. The, the Titan slot or something that we just put LeBron automatically. He's, like, in his own, like, tier every year. Uh, I like that idea. Just, like, never have to worry about it. Oh, oh, oh I get what you mean. You like it as an idea so, so that you don't 
It's like an extra spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like just one. That's it. I thought you were gonna bag on Arnavis for giving Levine an All NBA team uh, spot. I just couldn't oh, believe no. it, man. I just oh, couldn't no. believe it. Those numbers in Chicago are extra valuable, I guess. Yeah, um, man, the 12th seed. You got to give him an honor. <laughs> I do want to get to some of these comments. Uh, Kevin Adu with one of the greatest comments I've seen. All NBA teams should be positionless. I wholeheartedly agree with that at this point. I feel like there's so much versatility between a lot of positions. Like the only guy that plays like one strict position on this list is either Chris Paul at point guard or Rudy Gobert at center. After that, everybody is a Swiss Army knife. They just good, they play point. all over the place. So um, I totally agree with that. Uh, go Bear over Bam. I think for all NBA voting, uh, it'll happen in the playoffs. I'll take Bam 10 out of 10 times. Um, let's see. Both talking movies. Great point. Both Beal and Westbrook deserve all NBA, in my opinion. Their run over the last two months has really been something to watch. Um, it, it's. I feel like they've both been so great that neither of them is going to get it, which is weird to say. But – Oh, they've man. been good. Like they've been super fun oh, to watch. Beal's been I, good all year, though. That's the difference. Beal has been good all year, but Westbrook also, has been the best player over the last on their team over mm-hmm. the last say three months, and you can't it, give the second best player on the Washington Wizards right now an All NBA nod. Like, I just don't yeah. think that's something that happens. He's he's averaging something like twenty three, thirteen, and thirteen over the last month plus. Like he's been ridiculous, but. If you're going to put Russell Westbrook on that team, who are you dropping? Are you dropping Kyrie Irving? Are you dropping Chris Paul? Are you dropping Damian Lillard? Like, it's impossible, man. Stop. You can't do it. It's tough. It's really tough. Especially with the guards this year, I feel like it's impossible. Because there's also – like, Jimmy has guard eligibility. Uh, Paul George has guard eligibility. Tatum. I I mean, Devin Booker is probably going to get left off. Donovan Mitchell, too. Like, there's so many guys. Um, But if we want to go ahead and throw up – I forgot to say that before. Uh, I left Gobert off because I put Mitchell on. Again, the tiebreaker was I like Mitchell. Makes sense. And he's he's low-key played like 50-something games. Uh, I feel like people are taking the, the recency bias a little too far with him. Like, he's very deserving of an All-NBA nod. I don't know if he'll get it because that recency bias is a real thing. Um, but, Manny, can we go ahead and throw up my visual really quick? The first one is I think we all had the exact same or really, really almost, similar. Almost, yeah, very close. So I have Curry. I have Kawhi, Giannis. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, um, pretty chalk. All right? like we, we all have the, the three bigs and then Curry, and then I have Kawhi here just because I think the Clippers have been unbelievable and Kawhi's been their best player. And it's really as simple as that. His efficiency is really good across the board. I mean, he's almost shooting 40% from three. Uh, talking movies saying, where is Gabe Vincent? He'll be here next year. Don't worry. He's on the fourth team. <laughs> the fourth team for the Miami Heat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's on the JV All-NBA, but that's cool. Um, so second team, we got Damian Lillard, Luka, Jimmy Butler, Julius Randle. Mm. I think he's actually very deserving of that. When you look at his numbers, he's honestly been absolutely ridiculous this year. And the craziest part is a lot of it is his own doing. Like, he's creating almost everything for that team. He's hitting pull-up jumpers. He's passing the ball really well. I think he's averaging, what, like 24, 10, and 6, something yep. like that. Like, ridiculous yep. numbers this year. And he's playing both ends. Um going back and forth uh so yeah julius randall gets it rudy gobert i think he's a dpoy he's the most valuable defensive player in the regular season in the nba by a long shot in the playoffs completely different story but in the regular season what Rudy does to a team's game plan i mean he is the game plan you just have to work around rudy gobert because he's locking down the paint and then for third team i have Kyrie. For all the reasons that we've already stated, Kyrie is just ridiculous. And he's been the most consistently available player on the Nets, who's probably going to be 
the two seed. He played almost the- 20 more games than Harden and KD. Yeah, so I think Kyrie is – he's just unreal. He has to be there. Uh, Paul George, I don't think either of you guys have had it, had Paul George on there yet. He was my – Oh, you did? He was my yeah. next – like, he was He was the next guy that I didn't have on the teams that, like, if I were to move someone, he would be the guy. Mm-hmm. So I put PG over Beal just because what Paul George has been able to do over the last few months, I mean, they put the ball in his hands and he's delivered as well as being ridiculously efficient. I believe he's close to a 50-40-90 season. He's not all the way there, but he's close to it, which is really impressive considering he's more often than not picking up the number one assignment defensively while Kawhi is playing a little bit more off ball. And that's obviously not the easiest thing to do. Um, Jason Tatum, he's been ridiculous. I don't really like the Celtics. I hate Danny Ainge, but Jason Tatum gets a nod. He's one hell of a player, and he's quickly – hes it's a great person for the NBA to vote in because he's easily becoming one of the superstars in this league. Um, number three – or the number three forward, LeBron James, <laughs> not number three. Um, LeBron, I mean, it, all NBA is just his middle name at this point. I feel like you can't leave him off. He was playing like an MVP until he got hurt, and yes, he's feeling sorry for himself and whatnot, and he hasn't played in a while, but – LeBron's LeBron, man. And if he's healthy in the playoffs, I mean, I you know. You really believe he'll never be the same? Forward. Huh? You really believe he'll never be the same or never never will be 100%? I don't know. He's probably reading. He's just probably just reading the first page that he sees in every single book. <laughs> just tweeting out quotes at this point. Yeah, Who knows? But hopefully he's all right. Solomon Hill did him dirty, I guess. If we're being uh, honest real quick, like there's anybody here who has LeBron on one of their all NBA teams is like probably closer than myself who didn't because um, – they're going to vote him in. He's going to be on there. He could have missed half the season, and he probably would have been on there anyways. Yeah. It's it's his grouping. Like yeah. <laughs> He's just there all the time. Um, and Bam as the 15th guy there. Uh, I, it's crazy because I feel like Embiid and Jokic being forward eligible just makes things that much easier for Bam because when you really break it down, if you have to put a center in there, he's probably the fourth guy. And since there's already three on there, I mean – Strategy, baby. He'd have zero all-stars, but two all-NBAs. This is a crazy world we live in. It really, is, really is. That is crazy. Um, so I, let's I like get, that. I like that better. It's crazy. I, I really did not see this happening. But here we are. The Heat have turned it on. They have a chance. Do we have an update on the Wizards-Hawks game, by the way? Oh, hold on. Let me look that up. The Hawks are... Oh, the Hawks are up one with 24 you, seconds yeah. to go. Oh, my God. Wow. Hold up, hold up. Whose ball is it? It's fucking Russ it's doing Russ things, man. I think it's Wizards ball. John Collins just made a three to put them up one. This is why Russ is not getting all NBA. <laughs> this game. Clippers without the W, just like last game. That's truly painful, but whatever. Can't control the Hawks right now. Um, not Story Wizards. Playoff series. Story Wizards. Let's let's get to one thing that we've been most pleasantly surprised from. Wait, let's first, let's first acknowledge our guy Jonathan Romlikon for coming in with the one one ninety nine dono. Appreciate you, brother. Ooh, yes, Jonathan Romlikon, co-host of the Walkouts and Knockouts. My guy. Thank you very much. So let's get around to the NBA here. Thing we like to do every single week. Normally we like to talk about young guys, but I don't want to limit it to that. So we'll talk about pretty much anything. Marco. What's one thing that has pleasantly surprised you surprised you from around the league this season? Pleasantly, yeah. We haven't had a lot of pleasant surprises uh, this year. So, but I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. I, I want to give them their props for being the one team of the top four from last year not to be limping throughout this year or to survive the limping they've had to endure. They had 
a bunch of guys. Jamal Murray went down. Was like, oh, their season's over, but they still keep winning games. I think they won ten of eleven after Jamal Murray went down, and I was like, these guys are resilient as hell for this, for the quick turnaround, for Jokic. Shout out to Jokic, probably gonna win MVP. The way that he's like kept him afloat uh, is one big reason why I have him as my MVP. Uh, it's just so surprising to me that they're the one team that's like not been affected by all the protocols, the injuries, uh, as much as like the Celtics and Heat and Lakers have been. Uh, they've been surprising me in that sense to watch them night in and night out, uh, kind of play their style. Uh, not really mm-hmm. relenting to the defense and being who they are pretty much every night. Uh, somebody pointed out this, that Jokic is actually perfect for a short turnaround like this uh, mm-hmm. because he never speeds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really need an offseason because his offseason is probably throughout the season because he takes breaks like when he's on offense you know, with how slow he works and the pace that he works at. Uh, he, he really doesn't exert too much energy uh but yeah shout out to the nuggets uh i've loved the way that they developed michael porter jr as well mm-hmm. like developing a young guy is not going to be easy in like most years but especially not a year like this when you have him as a starter as well when you're putting this much on his shoulders uh he had a rocky start to the year at the beginning but he's like really come along uh, it's just been so surprising to me that they're the one team i would have guessed like the Lakers were going to be the one team, considering how well LeBron manages his body and all that, how the, the team seems to work, have this work ethic about itself. But you can't mm-hmm. you can't really run from the injuries. Uh, but even with that, uh, the Nuggets have still had those injuries and still made it through. And I just want to... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill give them their props and how surprising it's been that they've been the one team out of the four from last year to do pretty much be a top four team this year.
it sucks that uh you know what happened like i really do think they could have made a finals run like you know not that i would have picked them but they had a real shot man i don't even think it's a it's a hype thing at this point like they were really putting it all together that five was ridiculous you know the bench lineups were kind of turning around they were okay and but Jokic, like that guy is a monster that dude is a monster man i don't know Jokic is unreal he's one of my favorite players to watch right now uh should I say my, my uh, surprise or whatever? My my pleasant surprise? Go ahead. I mean, I agree with everything Marco said. So, <laughs> go ahead. The Hornets. The mm. Hornets. Yes. Uh, Hornets I remember well. before the year, I was I was kind of trying to, like, uh, pin down the, my, my standings predictions, and I, I put the Hornets behind the Wizards and the Hawks. And there was a point in the year where they were kind of safely above them for a while before those injuries came through. And and even besides that point, like they're just way ahead of schedule. Like I I liked what they kind of had there, like as a fun little team. But they're just so much more fun than I could have expected. Like Lamelo is ahead of schedule as a playmaker and and as a guy who can just go out there and produce for a team. Uh, like Hayward kind of turned it right back around. I've never been like you know a huge Gordon Hayward guy, but he's back to just being a very very good player. And he's not what makes them fun at all. Like. It's the rest of the guys that they got. It's Rozier. It's Devontae Graham. It's, you know, Bridges. It's P.J. Washington. That whole collection of young dudes that are just trying their ass off, running all over the floor, you know, screening, passing, lobbing, uh, playing hard as shit. And they're just so fun to watch. And I actually do think, like, it's a real thing to, you know, look forward to for the next few years. You know, the Hornets in those sweet, sweet, sweet jerseys. Uh you know, just balling there, whether it's with Hayward or not. They've got a fun core, man. They do. I, I mean, so I would love, I'd love to sing once. the praises of James Borrego. I think he's one of the best up-and-coming coaches, like, in the NBA. And it's not just because they have LaMelo, because even last year, like, they were playing this fun basketball where they're just moving the ball. And, I mean, yes, you have Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham taking probably some of the worst quality shots that I've ever seen. But sometimes they go in, and then you build confidence with these young guys. I think they're building teams the right way. And now that they have their up-and-coming superstar in LaMelo Ball, plus a veteran star in Gordon Hayward, I mean, the recipe is there. If they have another one of these guys break out, the Hornets could be a damn good team in the near future. And they're already a pretty good team uh, as healthy. Like, if they were fully healthy, I think they're right there with the Knicks, the Heat, and the Hawks in terms of the regular season this year. Is there a shot? that they would have been right now if it wasn't for the injuries they would have been in that mix right now that you know with us the knicks and the hawks and you sure. know potentially even getting them in the first round in that four or five like i think we might have been kind of talking about them in that same category now that i think about it absolutely there you go ahead marco no it's funny because it would have been like the same cluster that happened in 2015 and 2016 when the yo Wizards, i've been thinking about that a lot lately man and the hornets all ended up with the same record so maybe we would have had that situation Oh my God! They're gonna revive that terrible tiebreaker. Actually, it was a good one because the Heat ended up third seed that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I, I hope we get the Knicks in the first round because, like, you know, reviving the '90s Knicks thing would be, I think, a lot more fun than reviving, you know, maybe the worst first round series in playoff history, the, the old <laughs> Heat Hawks series from when we were younger. So oh much. My God, so every game was a blowout. <laughs> How much does does losing that last game to Atlanta hurt now, though? That you're relying on the Hawks to lose games so that the Heat can get into the four five comfortably because they now deserve to be in this position. Like it's what you're saying. Yeah, like the Heat, the Heat need to. I mean, with a tougher remaining schedule, depending on 
who gets rested and who plays in terms of um, Milwaukee and Philly. Uh, you know, the Heat are relying on some Knicks losses to secure that 4-5 matchup. So, unless they went out. You went out. Which is possible. It is right. possible. Yep. It's, I mean, just what tomorrow they night's got to be the Super Bowl. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ariel. Yes, sir. you've been surprised by. So... Going into the season, similarly to how Alex was feeling about the Hornets, I felt that way about the Warriors. I didn't have them as a playoff team. I thought they'd miss the playoffs. I looked at the roster and I said to myself, Steph is great, but the rest of that roster, subpar. That's not a playoff team. You can just double Steph. You triple Steph if you need to. You're not worried about guys like Andrew Wiggins shooting well from three and being good in ISO. You're not worried about uh, Juan Toscano Anderson and all these other dudes, you know, hurting Kent you. Baysmore. Can't Bays more. Um, you know, I didn't expect much from James Wiseman as a rookie. Um, and he didn't have a great season, but he didn't have a bad season either. Um, and now he's out and they're still in the playoff race, right? They're eighth in the West, I That's believe. Crazy, yeah. They're eighth in the West. They are a game. Devoid They've got nothing. There's nothing there outside of Steph and and Draymond. Um, And they're still just right there. I mean, word to Steph. Steph's been unbelievable. He's averaging 32-5-5 on 48-42-92 splits. Like, he's just been ridiculous. He's shooting 42% from three on, like, 12 and a half attempts per game. It's just absurd. Um, So he's been unbelievable. And then I do want to shout out uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson, the aforementioned (laughs) – I mean, he had to take, you know, the long road to get to the NBA. He's improved so much as a player since he arrived. Oh, hopefully, uh, since he arrived last season because he fits just perfectly within the motion offense that they run in Golden State. Um, Plays into his strength as a, you know, just a smart off-ball mover behind plays. He's an intuitive passer. Uh, Those Steph, Draymond Green, Juan Toscano Anderson lineups have been phenomenal for Golden State and kind of have really helped them stay in that playoff hunt. Here they are in the eighth seed. And let me tell you, the Lakers aren't excited about playing them in the play-in. And then if the Lakers beat them, the winner of Grizzlies, Spurs, or whatever team ends up in that spot, I'm not picking them to beat the the Warriors. Now, I don't think the Warriors are beating the Jazz or maybe if it ends up being Phoenix uh, as the first, as the, as the one seed in the West, in the first round, but you don't want to have to deal with Steph over the course of a playoff series. Like he's been just absolutely unbelievable this season. He's just obviously the single biggest reason that they're in the spot that they're in. And we need to give him his props. I think he's a little bit underappreciated as a player for all that he's talked about. I think he's better than that. Um, so he's special. And to have the warriors in the spot that they're in, in the West that has like seven, at least seven, like really good teams, good to really good teams, I think is a testament to how spectacular he is. I've been surprised by how good their defense has been this year, like, the, for the most part. Uh, shout out to Draymond Green. He's, like, he's their Jimmy Butler in terms of And it, how, it wasn't good before he came back, right, like, in, in a, uh, towards the beginning of the season? I think it might have been more, like, in the middle of the pack. I'm not sure. Uh, but the way that Draymond kind of, like, turns that defense, like, a whole nother notch exactly. is insane. He's, like, their Jimmy Butler, though. Like, he makes everything go on the defensive end. He's like he creates so much uh, havoc for the opposing teams. He's such a good off, like smart off ball uh, defender as well. He like knows the play before it's even coming. He's like one of the mm-hmm. smartest guys I've ever seen. And just the way he like manipulates offenses with like these up fakes that are so simple, yet they're like he kills you if you not, you're not paying attention for like one second. 
And shout out to Juan Toscano Anderson as well, Mexican gang out here. Yes, sir. Uh, he, he's a really good passer. Uh, I know a few Juan Toscanos here in Ilea. <laughs> I know a lot of Juan. <laughs> I know, I know Juan. Did y'all see him get into the fight with Devin Booker yesterday? I uh, did not. Were, I missed that. Like, I didn't see that. Contest. I caught the fourth quarter of that game. They had like a staring contest, and <laughs> I was like, dang. Uh, oh man i do want to add on draymond green though um you know we all i think we all agree here that the warriors have less talent on the roster than they've had in years save for maybe last season i guess but um for you know there's just not much there draymond green is averaging a career high in assists at 8.8 his closest year to that in assists per game i think was like 7.4 7.5 so like to be averaging that many assists of course, a lot more of the playmaking is running through him, but he's kind of always been that guy for that team. Um, it's just it's it's incredible. Like the way, the fact that he's able to continue to do that with the talent that he has around him is really impressive. So shout out Draymond Green as well. Do you they, happen to have his points per game this year? Seven, well? six point nine. <laughs> like that. I just, nice. I just to, that looks nice. like my middle school basketball stat line, but that's fine. That's totally fine. Hey, um, you I, days actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did want to – You, I mean, Marco, you kind of touched on – I mean, Draymond's defense has been unbelievable. That kind of leads me into my random stat of the week. So, number one in the NBA in steals since April 1st on a per-game basis is Draymond Green. Mm. Draymond Green, uh, this is minimum 20 games played. I believe there's been about 24 to 25 games played over that time span, so – Draymond Green is number one at 2.2 steals a game, which is nuts. That's honestly unbelievable. Jimmy didn't play t- uh, 20 games. That's why. He's at 18. I, I saw that look in your face. <laughs> that was the so, question. <laughs> um, I've got a good stat for you on Draymond. Uh, he single-handedly turned Andrew Wiggins into a solid two-way player. That's a stat right there. <laughs> you can't argue with those numbers. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> per um, NBA.com. <laughs> Yeah, thank to, you for giving stat, exciting random source. Stat. To oh, the God. random stat, guess the number two player in the NBA in steals since April 1st that has played at least 20 or more games in that time frame. Guess no. Ooh. Smart. I don't know what Marcus Smart. I don't know why I'm feeling this. I'm feeling I'm going Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Okay. Alex? Smart. Marco. TJ McConnell. Interesting. I have not okay. checked these leaderboards at all. I don't know not checked. Okay, so there's two players tied on this specific thing. I believe there might be three, um, but I know for sure two of them. Uh, it's not Marcus Smart. It's not Russell Westbrook. Honestly, it might be TJ McConnell, too. He might be tied with that. I know he's up there for sure. He's really, Jokic. really close. <laughs> no. Bam Adebayo. Yes, sir. 1.8 steals a game. I thought that was absolutely crazy. His steals numbers are absurd. If you look at his game logs, it goes three, three, two, four, one, three, three. Like, he's going nuts with steals right now. Uh, he's tied with Matisse Tybal. He's so good. Bam is – It stresses me out how good he is. <laughs> he's playing, he he's playing passing lanes now. I feel like he hasn't really done that this much. Like his passing, playing the passing lanes makes such a difference on this team because you have Jimmy doing it, you have Ariza doing it, you have Bam doing it, and then you only need the other two guys that are playing with them as guards to just hold their own barely. Like just don't foul, honestly. Can like, I ask a question? Now that you're, you're making me think here, like 
the way that they've played defense all year where it's been a lot of different coverages and they're kind of just helping all the time. Like I, I don't watch enough of other teams to know, but it feels like they help each other out on defense more than any other team. And we know the pros and cons. We talked about it all year, but God, like it's allowed Jimmy and Bam and now Ariza to turn into, it's like, it's given them a whole other aspect to the defense resulting into easy offense. And it's like, it was sitting right there for them. And I'm, and it's just like, man, I love Spo, man. Like, he really <laughs> does this shit on the fly in the middle of the season. It's like, you know, you talk about this. Just like, you see it. You, it matches what you see uh, on the court when you're watching the games, when you're talking about Bam, Trevor, and Jimmy. And it's like th- those steal opportunities, you know, playing the passing lanes were not there as often last year when they were pretty much a stick in the drop for most of the time. And, you know, having a bad uh, point of attack defender on one end of it, and it's just like, I don't. It's amazing what Spo has done. Like he just does this stuff in the middle of the year, man. It it it, it amazes me. I don't. What do you guys think though? Like the the fact that they've turned out to use all these different coverages, and does it end up being worth it because of the different ways that you're optimizing Bam and Jimmy and now Ariza as well? I think um, it's big for like the playoffs because you're gonna yeah. be have to be That's really flexible going. and. You're gonna have to play uh, more of a certain style, type of uh, defense, like they showed last year, uh, where they had uh, they played more of a switching style and a lot of help and recover. They were like insanely good at help and recover, like last year. Like when you saw like Duncan Robinson out in the island on LeBron, they were like really good at helping Duncan and getting back to their man in the finals which, like, helped them, like, be competitive without them. Out They're there. great at showing and recovering, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, show, the showing stuff is amazing. Uh, a team that's, like, similar to that this year, uh, I guess it would be Phoenix in terms of that. But even then, they're still more of a drop team with DeAndre Ayton, who's, like, actually a low-key underrated defender. Bam is a cheat code, man. It, it's true. That's he really crazy. is. It's It's unreal how good he is and, like, the way that they've – I think one adjustment that they've made is when they do the switching and let's say if Bam is on the right side of the, the perimeter or whatever, someone's driving, they have the help, and then they have Jimmy or Ariza playing that backside corner pass, but they have the anticipation, specifically Jimmy, to be able to play two defenders at once. Like they can play the guy that's in the corner and they can play the guy that's on the right wing, and it makes it, it – they he – covers two people at one time like it's a credit to jimmy butler it that he's truly unreal at doing that and ariza has gotten it too um you've even seen like duncan and kendrick nunn have done it a few times too like they're just they have the rotations down and it makes this team so annoying like i don't know we'll talk about where we think this team is going to go in the playoffs or whatever but this team is going to be such an annoying team to play against even if you have a massive talent gap because they do things so smart they're so smart defensively, and it's not really showing right now. The defensive rating has dropped off a little bit, but in the playoffs, this if, as long as the effort and the focus is there, this defense is going to be very, very fun to watch, and I'm super excited for it. You guys make great points. They're built for the playoffs. They're a matchup, uh, a team that's built to match up with other teams. You've got guys like Spo and Jimmy Butler who have shown um, – that their, their biggest strengths are essentially that, you know, you give them the time to prepare for someone, dissect matchups, and figure out how to attack them. Especially, I mean, Jimmy and Spo are, are two of the best in the business at that. Um, 
you know, it lends itself to playoff basketball. The fact that the heater, you know, willing to switch everything across the floor while sometimes doesn't work out. It's going to work a little bit better in the playoffs because you've perfected it over the course of a couple of seasons. Now we've seen the bucks just start mixing that in this season, right? Like they've switched more as the season has gone on. Uh, something that's held them back in the past is a, a just a, an unwillingness to, you know, just, try different things and do things in a different way. They would drop all the time. That's and Brooke Lopez, you, though. And he ha- can't yeah. switch. Poor, they asked him to switch. He's going to be out of the league if he switches. Catastrophe. And adding adding uh, P.J. Tucker has helped their ability to switch for sure. Um, but I'm just saying, like, when it comes to Spo and, and Jimmy and, and the Heat and the way they approach matchups, like, I trust them so much more in a playoff series. You make a great point. They're going to be an absolute pain in the butt for whoever they get in the – the first round, I think they're probably winning. If they're in the 4-5 matchup, I think the Heat get out of that. Um, in the second round, though, if it's Philly, that's the team at the top of the East from those top three teams that I like the best for Miami in a playoff yes. series. So there is a legitimate pathway to the Eastern Conference Finals for all the shit that this team has gone through, all the crap that we've thrown on them and all the overreacting that we – guilty over here, okay? We have done – over the course of this season, they might just, you know, screw around and end up in the Eastern Conference Finals. So this is how we win. Yes, that sir. is the path. I've been I, I saw it a little while ago. I mean, it's just it's the only one that just makes the most sense where it's like, look, man, you got to stay away. I feel like you got to stay away from those other two teams as, as much as you can. That's the one way where I'm like adjusting for their inconsistency. And like now that we know for a fact Depot's not coming back, I can let go of the hope. Uh, you know, it just makes that whole Brooklyn idea just a lot tougher to imagine. Like, <laughs> you wanted the extra point of attack defender, and now it's just like, man, I have a tough time imagining how the Heat guard that team, even though it is a team you could pick on a whole lot. But that Philly matchup, man, oof. Oh, boy. I'm seeing food, I want that. I'm seeing dinner. Turn and beat into a passer. Make the rest of them kill you. I bet you they won't. I bet you they won't. And it's it really what it comes down to as much. Like, you could talk about everything else, but summarize down to that like is Embiid gonna carve up that that trapping defense I don't know maybe he can will he do it enough he's been not very good um reacting and and making the right decisions out of double teams he's gotten better as that's gone along and he's seen it more um but he still remains like just not a great um what's I don't know what the word is but he doesn't always find the right pass and make the right play out of the double team his reaction is not always ideal and like like we've been saying that negative assist turnover ratio for the season (laughs) Like we've been saying, He's like still the Heat, there? yeah, apparently Giancarlo is still saying that. Shout out Giancarlo Navas, yes sir. Uh, but I I trust him with the numbers. But that it's it's true though. Like I'm supposed to be scared of the Sixers, man. Like because who's of the beating standing? you at the end? Who's be- okay? If if what is the their end of game offense? They're throwing the ball to him, beat on the block a lot of the time, or involving him in high screen and roll type plays. Dump down when to he- Simmons hook shot. That's what I'm saying. When he gets the ball, you're trapping, you're double teaming, and then he's skipping it to who? Shake Milton. In the the bubble, he was their late game offense. Like, it was Shake Milton. That's where I'm going. Is like at the end of games, you're telling me the guys that are going to be beating you are Shaky Milton um, and and Tobias Harris. I'm just not, I'm taking Jimmy. I'm taking Jimmy. Imagine being scared of Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. Not me. (laughs) I agree with talking movies. Tobias is nice, though. Marco, you look like you had something to say. No, I was agreeing with everything you guys were saying. Uh, who do you trust more? Uh, to Outside of the two like stars, Embiid and Jimmy, do you trust Bam, 
Gordon, yes. Nunn, I guess Tyler and all the other guys, as opposed to Philadelphia's uh, supporting roster. Yeah, we've seen Miami supporting roster do it more often than Philly supporting roster do it. So I guess I'm leaning more towards Miami. Real quick, you left off Dwayne Dedman when talking about the Heat supporting role players. Shame on you. Um, but I, I definitely think it's the Miami Heat's other guys for sure. Um, I, I Listen, I know that Philly has a really good squad this year, but I feel like they're better built um, for the regular season, frankly. They don't scare me at the end of games in the playoff series. One thing uh, we had, uh, I think we were at in this chat that we brought up was Miami and Philadelphia have the same record since Jimmy Butler came back from yes. his uh, protocols. The ultimate equalizer, Jimmy Butler, which is the last time Philly looked like a contender. I'm supposed to be scared of that team. Give me a break. <laughs> Jimmy's not scared, that's for sure. Jimmy's definitely – oh, my God. The Jimmy mental game that he's going to play in that series is unreal. We need this. We need this. We I'm need to get the Sixers in the second round. Like, I just – I completely I want forgot to about, like, the Jimmy – Oh, mm-hmm. come on, bro. We want Knicks, and then we want Philly. My That's- stomach is grumbling. I'm I'm hungry for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. And I'm also just hungry. That makes sense. Get Miami Grill. Easy. I'm also with you. Oh, that. Yep. Lob and the slam. I love it. Get Miami Grill, man. But, Shout out to no, them. We're not even sponsored. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Eventually, we'll get Miami Grill. But for now, get whatever the fuck you want. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, we kind of touched. I mean, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, which team would you want to see in the second round if the Heat were to be able to get to that point? I guess we all agree on it being Philadelphia. Um, between Brooklyn and Milwaukee now, which one would you guys choose to wrap things up? I've been I've been literally going at people going at people on Twitter about this for the last three days, so I guess I'll start. Um, for me, it's got to be I'd rather see Milwaukee. I think both are bad matchups for the Heat. The Heat are not favored in either in either um, series. The reason I would rather see Milwaukee is reason one. I literally talked about this on post game last night. Um, reason one is <laughs> we get is that, that Dono pronounce his name right, please, because Royal refused. This is our guy Abel Shaw. Uh, don't tell Royal this pod is better. No cap. I will not tell him. You should send him a DM though. Thank Appreciate you. you though. Thank you. Um, as far as the Milwaukee versus Brooklyn thing for Miami. I'm not as afraid of Giannis in the style of game that gets played in the playoffs, which is a half-court, slower, grinded-out type game. He doesn't have a uh, bag, you know, as much as a lot of these other dudes do on Brooklyn, of course. Um, so I'm not as worried about him and and, and what he can do in the half-court. Uh, Drew makes them better, for sure. Uh, Eric Spolstra has, you know, coached circles around Coach Budenholzer in the past, though Budenholzer has shown a willingness to change the way that he does things with his players this year. So... All in all, I don't think it's a good matchup for the Heat. As far as the Brooklyn matchup goes, the two things that the Heat do best on defense is they switch everything, and their zone is really good. The two biggest strengths for Brooklyn on offense are that they have elite-level matchup hunters, which will kill the switching defense. They will hunt the matchups they want all night and get whatever they want on offense. You don't know how many of those possessions are going to end up with Kendrick Nunn and Gordon. And how do you help? How do you help against Brooklyn? There's nobody to help off of. You really need to hope that there's like one night you can outscore them off the bench. Another night, Jimmy goes nuclear. And then the other two nights, they just miss. That's why, like, I really like the depot idea, man. Specifically, I mean, the Milwaukee matchup too, but for the Brooklyn thing, it's like that you need to be 
a hundred percent on point in a theoretical you, you series also with them. The, and you could have been able to play man a little bit more, play drop a little exactly. bit more, if you had, just had more options and not have to rely on, you know, somebody you don't want guarding Kyrie or, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're going to get more likely than not a bad matchup. And a lot of the times that you play them, what's going to happen if you zone, if you zone Brooklyn, Oh my God. Oh, That's what I'm saying. Like the two, the two biggest strengths of the Heat's defense, I think, play into the strengths of the Nets' offense. So that's where I'm at with that. It's an interesting debate, man. It really is. Cause it's like, I, I've been saying all year, like, I do not want the Nets. And, you know, like I've been hinting at, I just, I don't even know. I can't come up with a game plan versus them. I really can't. Uh, like the Bucks thing is interesting. Hope they're hurt. They're like a supercharged version of the Celtics last year where they have one guy hmm. at each position that can kill you one-on-one. Yeah, it's actually instead good. Of, That's a great comparison. Yeah, instead of Kimball Walker, they have Kyrie Irving. Man, the, the Milwaukee Man. thing, the only thing that makes me think twice about it is just their defense. And it's like the, the Heat already, you know, the offense has turned around, we know, in, in this last little stretch. But – you know, their struggles all year make me a little bit scared to go up against a team that's become more willing to, to throw out different coverages. And and if they just decide to play P.J. a lot more, P.J. Tucker a lot more than Brooke Lopez, I think that's kind of a scary thought. If they're playing Giannis more at the five, if they're uh, screening and rolling Giannis more, like Brent Forbes would light us up, by the way. I think Brent Forbes, if we play against them, is going to have an insane series because he's their best shooter outside of like Chris Middleton. And, and he's the type of guy that they help off of just because of their defensive principles. But that's not why I, I, I would be willing to take the Bucks over the Nets. It's their defense, and it's the fact that Giannis got a little better. I don't think he's all the way there yet, but he's added some stuff here and there to his intermediate game. I like it. Like, he, he has a little bit of confidence in it. It's not as hesitant as he was before. He doesn't have the three yet. I think it's still awkward. I don't really care about the three for him right now. I think – if he keeps, you know, adding in a, a one or two of those intermediate shots a game, it just makes him a lot tougher to guard. The more confidence he gets with that, like between that, having Drew there, who you can't ignore, Middleton, I feel like got even better. He, he's just a, he's a killer. Like I think the Bucks are tough too, but and Brooklyn has a lot, a whole lot of guys that the Heat can pick on on offense. Yes, yes they do. And so even are then, you saying Giannis has a bag though? Did you just say? No, 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 but he's like added to it a bag. little bit. He had no like bag. a lunchbox. He had no bag last like year. Brown I'm gonna paper give him credit bag. for adding some stuff to it, you know. Yeah, he's got a brown paper bag right now. He's slowly mm-hmm. trending to like an OE in it. <laughs> a half exposed <laughs> and uh, a bear paw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else. I'm I'm so excited to see what happens in the playoffs. <laughs> like I don't it's it's so unpredictable. Whoever we get. I'm going to talk myself into being really confident in that series the same way I did last year. And my thing with this That's team is all there's, about. there's so much non X's and O's that comes to the, to the table with Jimmy Butler. Like he is just the absolute alpha dog. And I think he still is in terms of mentality, the alpha within the Eastern conference. And over the last two, what two playoffs, obviously Kevin Durant hasn't been there, whatever. And he wasn't able to fully beat Kawhi, but over since Jimmy was in Philadelphia, since Jimmy was traded to the Eastern Conference, I mean, it's kind of been. His I like this conference. point, man. I like this point. I'm right? jealous. Like, I didn't come up with this. He's the he biggest went, alpha in the East. I love this. He I'm is jealous. like his mentality. Like, I mean, KD's obviously ridiculously talented. So is Harden, Kyrie, and there's more talented players. But Jimmy Butler's the guy that he'll see someone more talented than, and he'll say, you know what, I got it, and then he'll bring, he'll put. Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson on his back, and he'll just 
tell them that they can do something special. That's what they did last year. Like, I'm not going to rule out anything. Obviously, the Heat won't be favored. But I'm so excited to see what the follow-up performance looks like for the Heat. Because when you really break it down, what this team has looked like over the last few games is exactly, if not maybe a little bit better than what they were going into the bubble or going into the playoffs in the bubble. I mean, anything can happen. If this team gets confident and wins a round one series in a decisive manner, special things can happen. Mm-hmm. There's a similar feeling uh, to last year. Last year, they were like, we know who we are. We don't care about this final week. We know what we're going to do. And I feel like that's where they're at right now. They know who they are, and they know what they have to do. Get Atlanta, Atlanta, New York, round one. It looks like it's going to be Atlanta, round one. Uh, win out, get Atlanta. Then get Philly, and then I don't give a shit who we play after that. They're going down. So, I mean, <laughs> any, anything can happen. That's all I'm going to say. Back. Trevor Reza catches fire. Dwayne Dedman. We didn't have Unc last year. Like, we didn't have Uncle Dedman. That's crazy. This year we have a serviceable, big-bodied, rebounding, rim presence. Oh, my God. It beats worse oh, nightmare. No. Uncle Dedman. Oh yes, sir. I can't wait. Embiid is going to have nightmares about that face uh, a month from now. I can't wait. I'm with Gabby. keep Bam out of foul trouble, man. I love it. I'm with Gabby. The Heater going to the finals. You talk me back on Well, them. let's go. No, I have – my guts have returned. That's all I'm going to say. My, let's go. I haven't guaranteed anything, but my guts have returned. Mine my just returned as you were giving right that now. Right now. Yeah. I got to have my guts. Now, with all that being said, I mean, we just hit an hour. I'd imagine Manny's pretty tired. Do we have any last words? Heat five. five. <laughs> Heat in five? Oh, That's my God. So it's got to be. Heat in five. All right. You heard it here first. The guts are back. Heat in five. Jimmy's an alpha dog. The alpha of the East. It's going to be a fun time. All right. Peace out. Peace out. Play that video, Manny. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.